All right. Well, good morning, everybody, and happy Thanksgiving. Okay, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you in on a little secret. When someone says happy Thanksgiving, you say it back to them. Would that be fair to do? Like, it just, it makes me feel like you're involved with me. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. These guys sound so great. I love it. Anyway, I love Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is fantastic, and I think a lot of us have different, uh, you know, reasons as to why Thanksgiving is so important for you, but today I actually wore my reason, okay? So like I'm wearing today, I'm wearing my nice heart socks, everybody, ooh and ah, yes, ooh, ah, okay? Here's the deal. Uh, I saw you trying to take a picture of my socks. That's weird. Okay. Uh, Here's the deal. I'm wearing these socks because 23 years ago today, I got a wife. Lisa and I today are celebrating 23 years of marriage. Now, this this is a big deal because, like, I believe that God does miracles and he gave me someone unbelievable for my life. And so today I get to wear my socks as a reminder of our 23 awesome years of marriage. I love you, babe. And I'm excited to do 23 more. You love me too, yes? Yes, she said yes again. This is so good. So we love it. Now, okay, so here's the deal. If you've come today and you're brand new, first of all, welcome to you. It's great to have you at Colwood Church. Glad that you've taken some time, especially on this Thanksgiving Sunday, to come and be a part of what we're doing. Now, today, I'd like to talk to us about fruit. Anybody like fruit in the house today or online? All right, so if you're online, I want you to type in the type of fruit that you think is your most favorite. And here in the house, turn to somebody and just tell them, this is my favorite fruit. Go ahead. Just, you got five seconds. All right, you're letting them know Fruit Loops. I heard that. That was a good one. All right, favorite type of fruit. In, so in 2020, um, and I love this, I love the commotion we got. In 2020, in the United States of America, there was a poll that was taken, and it was to discover the top fruits of their nation. Here are the top five fruits in the United States of America, voted on by their people in 2020, and they are in order starting at number five. At number five was the orange. Anybody a fan of the orange? Some people, okay. At four, what was it? No one wants to take a guess. This makes that really crazy. Okay, it was grapes, okay? So we got grapes. Number three was this thing called strawberries. Any strawberry fans here? All right, so here we go. We're coming right down to the uh, best. Now, you know, here's the cool thing. Let, let's put them on the spot. Today, we've got some real special guests back in the house. Some of our Bible college students are back home. Let's say uh, welcome back home to some of our Bible college students. So we expect that at Bible college, they teach you about fruit and the top two fruits of the world. So the top two fruit, what would you say it would be, Isaac? No, what do you mean you don't know? You're a Bible college. Pineapple. You're wrong. Okay, uh, uh, Anyway, number two was the good old apple. Apple was number two. And the number one fruit was the banana. Now, I don't know about you, but I think the United States, all of their, every single, they got it wrong. I got it, they got it wrong because they did not say avocado and they did not say tomato. That when you put those two together, you get guacamole. And who doesn't like guacamole, right? Right. And some of you are like, what are you talking about right now? You're talking about vegetables. And no, I'm not actually because fruit is known as avocado 
and tomato. Take it to Google, because apparently Google knows everything and is right. You will find that these types of, and you know what another great fruit is today? Cucumber. I love cucumber. You know what I love most about cucumber? When you pickle it and it becomes a pickle. I love these types of fruits. Now, everybody's got their idea of fruit, and so today, I'd like to talk to us a little bit more about fruit. Turn to your neighbor and say, fruit. All right, so this is how we're going to let this roll out. Everybody's like, all right, there's a... Anyway, okay, our text for this series that we're in is, is in Matthew chapter 13. I have one verse for you today. I used it last week, but it really is the culmination of where I'd like to go today. And it reads this. It says, the seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest, who produce fruit 30, 60 to 100 times as much has been planted. Today, I'd like to talk to us about fruit, and more specifically, how fruitful are you? So as we've read of the word of the Lord together, will you pray with me today? Jesus, thank you for this time, and thanks for Thanksgiving. Lots to be thankful for on this day. Most importantly, that you have given us a freedom and a liberty in our lives. So thank you for the cross. Thank you for the empty tomb. And thank you that today we are able to, in this country, gather together to talk and to learn about your word. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will help us now to know what you are choosing to say to us. So may we not just hear the word today, may we understand it. And may we apply it to our lives so Jesus, we're asking for your help, and I pray it in your name. Amen. Today I'd like to speak to us from the subject, root to fruit, okay? Now, this is the last week of our series, SOS. Although it's the last preaching day of this series, I do need us to know that it is the beginning of the next year, though, for us as a church. I've called this church to an SOS. An SOS, you'll see on the screen, indicates a crisis or a need for action. We've been focusing this last month that there is a crisis and a need for action that is needed in our world today. It requests and requires assistance of you and I. And so we have taken this SOS knowing what it means, and I also placed an acronym on it. And the acronym that we've placed on SOS is Seeds on Soil. Say it with me, Seeds on Soil. So we started to talk about the seeds. The seed is the word of God and that we have an opportunity today to throw as much seed as we possibly can into this world. Why? Because the soil of this whole entire world has been disrupted. It has been tilled up and God wants to do something with it. So we talked about the seed and we talked about the soil last week. The soil represents your heart, represents my heart. And there are four types of soils that work with us. And then at the very conclusion of this today, we want to talk about the results of what happens when you do the seed and the soil together, and thus we land on this idea of fruit. So let me make this SOS very clear to us today. In this world that is disrupted, that is on its heels and not knowing what to do, what God is desiring is he needs his church to walk out and to live in fruitfulness. He wants to make a mark on this world today, and the beauty of this is as desperate as we may feel, what people are looking for is something that is going to be authentic, real, and genuine, and guess what God wants to do to make that happen? He wants to use you. And some of you are like, no, 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 
He can't use me. I'm too young or I'm too old. Or I'm this color, that color. Or my socioeconomical status is this. And I need you to hear today that God does not have a plan B. His plan A is you. God is really excited to use you, and he wants to see fruitfulness come out of you so that this world would be impacted to know him more. Amen? This is what he's looking for. So in order, though, for these roots to fruit to take place in our lives, in order for roots to be established, seeds need to be thrown. Seeds need to germinate. They need to then develop those roots. And then off of those roots, depending on its soil, you're going to get fruit. And God wants you to bring fruit to this world today. So here's my question. How fruitful are you? How fruity is your life? Something to consider today. Now, fruits are often the most desired part of a plant. But please know this. There is no fruit without roots, right? In fact, it's the fruit that recruits from the root because the root was there first. So it's important that you and I have root in order to get to this thing called fruit. And as believers, we have to be rooted in the word of God in order to bear fruit. In fact, I would say that the deeper your roots go, in fact, I think the better quality fruit that you may have. So here's the bottom line. This is what I need you to memorize to walk away today, and it's this. Make roots downward before you can bear fruit upward. Make roots downward before you can bear fruit upward. So we're going to explore this together by looking at each of those categories. So the first one is roots. We're going to take a look at the roots today for a second. So you walk into a forest. Anybody ever walked into a forest before? Beautiful. You see around you this majestic um, landscape of trees and bushes, and it's, it's, it's absolutely beautiful. But if you would take a moment next time that you were in the forest to just take a step back in and all of its beauty, just look at your feet more specifically and underneath your feet. Just because under the surface that which your feet are now standing on, there is so much life and activity that is beginning to take place underneath the surface. What's beautiful about that is you begin to see this interconnected system underneath the ground and they're called roots. Why you see the majestic forest in front of you is because of the majestic root system that is just underneath the floor. And it's intricate, it's complex, we don't understand everything about it, but there's something beautiful about this root system that is taking place there. In fact, I would dare to say that this is nature's matrix. Like, this is, this is nature's moment to say, hey, we've got our own little system in play as well. And what God is doing in those roots underneath the ground is a beautiful, beautiful thing. These roots together begin to share water. They begin to share nutrients. In fact, these roots begin to talk to each other. Yes, roots talk to each other. How crazy is that? These roots begin to talk to each other. They begin to tell each other there's disease coming. There's drought that's happening. So here are the things that you need. And they begin to communicate in order to sustain themselves and to have life. Another thing that these roots do is they protect one another, which is a very, very powerful lesson for us. And although this is another message for another time, let me just make this one point on the, on the piece of protection, is that perhaps today you're a lone tree in a forest rather than a tree in a big forest being shared with other people. Are you a lone wolf when it comes to your faith, or are you interconnected with other people? Because we see that in the, in the presence of a lot of roots, 
there's an interconnectedness that matters to people. So I digress, but let me come back to this. As a kid, um, I remember going to school, and science was the class. So the teacher would pull out a seed, and they'd give us this thing called a styrofoam cup, and we'd put soil into the cup, and she'd give us a seed. We'd bury the seed in the cup. Do you remember this, right? Uh, some people said today, after the first uh, gathering we did, they said, why don't you use a plastic cup? Well, because I don't even know if they are invented back in my day, because uh, you could have saw what was happening, because <laughs> it was this. You plant the seed, and then you take it home, and you tell your parents, hey, mom, dad, like, there's something going to grow out of this like tomorrow. It's going to be awesome. You wake up the next morning, and there's nothing that's happened. And you go over to school that day, and you're thinking, what was my teacher saying? What was my teacher doing? You go back home after that day, and, and again, for the next couple of days, you look at this cup, and there's nothing happening. And you're beginning to think, like, my teacher lied to me, right? Like, there's no way. Then that one night, you go to bed, you wake up the next day, and what comes through the, the, the dirt? There's this plant, or there's something that is beginning to take place. It's a beautiful picture. Now you think that your teacher is the most miraculous person in the face of the earth because of what they use magic. Like, this is so cool. But what we need to see about these roots is that underneath, when it didn't look like all the glamour and the majesty above ground, there was something happening underneath that was very powerful and important in order for that thing to begin to grow. So I want to share with you just three quick things about roots that I think are helpful to us today. Because if we are to move from root to fruit, we have to understand our roots today. So this thing about roots is important. Roots, number one, are mostly hidden and happy to remain so. Roots don't want to really come to the surface. There's something that happens underneath the surface for them, and so they're happy to be there. In fact, in Psalm chapter 51, verse 6, it says that wisdom is defined in the secret place. The secret place is the place that is hidden. You can't see it. There's something about roots that allow them to come to life because they're hidden from everything that is happening above them. And there's something about your life and my life that matters when it comes to the hidden place and those secret places where God begins to develop in you a wisdom because roots are in the hidden place and then they are developed to become the fruit that we see. So God wants for your life as well, for you to go to the hidden place. He wants for you to meet with him. He wants you to talk to him. He wants you to do things so that he could begin to develop your root system into this world. And then he will see things happen within you. The second thing I see of roots is that the location of the root determines the location and the reach of the plant. Location matters. And because it matters, I'm going to come back to it in a few moments. So I just wanted you to see this because we're talking about roots right now. The next thing I need you to see is that roots are not affected by the seasons. Fruits are. Now, this is an interesting one. I think that we cannot be too passive with today. In a physical context, we understand that this is true. Roots are not affected by the seasons. Fruits are. Have you ever had a season that didn't feel too good in your life, right? And you know that it affected you. You know that something happened. But what Jesus is trying to paint for us today, that no matter the season that you are in, no matter the storm or the tsunami, the earthquakes that could happen, if you have a root system, and again, if it's a root system that could be interconnected to other roots, so other people in the church body, followers of Jesus Christ, you have a better ability to be able to stand. But the fruits are what is affected here for us. 
But physically we know that although fruit is seasonal, those roots are ensuring that the stem is healthy and ready when needed. Because guess what comes after winter? Spring, summer. What those roots are doing is that they are not going to sleep themselves. They are getting ready for what is about to take place again. Roots become very important even in the season that God has for you. As hard as it may be today, there is another season coming. And if your roots are grounded in him, he's going to see you through. And he's going to do amazing things in your life. So roots. Roots to fruit. Somebody say fruit. So fruit. Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says this. You will know them, who's them, you and me, you will know them by their fruit. So Jesus is making a statement today that in order for this world to know the seed that we are trying to scatter, that they are going to be looking at your fruit. They're going to be looking at your life. And it says, Jesus, to you and I, you will know them by their fruit. So let me ask you again, how fruitful are you? What are the things that are happening in you? When we begin to put down roots into the spirit of God, we watch how the fruit of the spirit is then developed in us. Root to fruit. So when you plant yourself in the activity, the person of the Holy Spirit of God, the Bible shows us that you will have the fruit of the spirit. Fruit of the spirit, Galatians chapter 5, 22 to 23, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. As you look at that list today, has anybody here ever struggled with one of them? Two of us. The rest of us are lying in church. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, we look at this list and you're like, oh my goodness, if I could only count the ways in which I have failed in one of these pieces of fruit. You know, I want to know what the litmus test of how fruitful are you today is right here. This is the fruit of the Holy Spirit, that when you are grounded and rooted in Jesus Christ, this has to be the byproduct. It has to be the behavior of those of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus Christ. This is the seed that we throw to a world who is desperate and in need today. The world is looking for someone to love them right now. The world is looking for someone to be patient with them right now. The world is hoping for someone to have self-control on social media and all of their opinions right? Like this is exactly what God is trying to build in us. But this is why this matters to me. And I think this is why it matters to Jesus. In a very disruptive world that we see all around us, what if, like what if God is actually taking this right now and he's saying, I'm going to now build my church to what I need them to be. Like, what if God is allowing the things that are happening around you right now to make sure that the fruit of love is developed in your life. Like, what if he sends you that person that you don't like right into your path? What if it's your spouse? What if it's your children? What if it's your coworker? What if it's the guy who doesn't drive as fast as you on the road and you want to look at them and let them know who's in charge? What if God is trying to, you know, help us to practice and to show love? What if he's trying to say, hey, listen, folks, I need you to have patience. Does anybody feel like patience has been one of those fruit that has been challenged this last year and a bit? Absolutely. What if God is actually using these situations to put patience into his people so that the fruit, when they throw it as seed, impacts somebody else? 
What if, what if he is placing all these moments of self-control in front of us where I want to say something, I want to make my opinion known, and he's just saying, fruit, Sean, it's all about the fruit. What if God is actually using these moments that are in front of us to develop something within us? I love what Dr. Abe Abercrombie says. He says, in human terms, the modification of behavior does not change the character of a man or a woman. Only by impacting the root can the fruit be altered. Many of us can actually go back to that list in Galatians and do one of those acts once in a while. It's easy to do one-offs. But what this doctor is proposing to us is that if you do not have a lifestyle of love, if you do not have a lifestyle of goodness and kindness, a lifestyle of self-control, what you need to do is you need to go back to the root. You can't just look for behavioral modification to your life. You go to the exact root and you figure out what's going on. And if there is something off of the fruit of the Spirit uh, list for your life that you're like, I want that, then let God do an autopsy on you. Let him actually play around with your life and let him go to the root. Because I know that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. These are the things that God absolutely wants for you and for I. In fact, if you were to go to Apple Orchard right now, and you were to cut off every single one of the apples, although there'll be none right now because it's the fall, and it's, anyway, well, we're kind of at the stage here. You go to an apple tree, you cut off every single apple. In fact, you cut off every single leaf or perhaps limb that you think is somewhat healthy. You mean you cut all those things off, it now becomes an orange tree. Aren't you excited for that? So cool how that could happen like that, right? No. We know full well that come the spring, guess what's going to start to bud again on that tree? There's going to be leaves, branches. Soon it will produce apples again. But why is the question we have to consider? The why is all about the DNA. It's the root system of that tree. It knows it's an apple tree. It knows it's going to produce those things. So this is that behavioral modification. I'm going to just try to cut certain things. But you know, what is your DNA? What exactly is your root? And this is what Jesus wants you to go after in your lives. Moments ago, I mentioned to us that we understand when it comes that to the physical aspect of our roots, we know that fruit is seasonal is what I said, but roots will always remain. But in this particular section, I need us to see this, is that although in our physical context, we know that fruit is seasonal, in a spiritual context, it says that fruit can happen in every single season of your life. And this is different than the standard of the world and what it brings to you and I today. But what Jesus is communicating to me is no matter spring, summer, fall, or winter, you are able to produce fruit in every single season. Be encouraged today that no matter how hard it is, God's purpose and his desire is still to have fruit be produced in your life today. Let me prove this to you. Jeremiah chapter 17 Verses 7 and 8 says, But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green. And, and look at it. And they never stop producing what? Fruits. 
Like this is the tree, this is the branch that God wants to create and for us to be. In Psalm chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, it says, But they delight in the law of the Lord. They delight in the seeds of the word of God. They meditate on those seeds day and night. They are like trees planted along a riverbank, bearing fruit each season. And their leaves will never wither, and they prosper in absolutely all that they do. Don't you want to be a tree like that today? From root to fruit means that in any season that comes your way, you are able to produce fruit. Amen. I'm excited for that. Now, some of us, though, are saying, yeah, but how? Like, how do I get there? Like, how do I develop my root system so that my fruit is evident and seen? Like, show me, Sean, how do I get to that spot in my life? And I I need us to see that there is one more critical step that belongs to a follower of Jesus. And the how that you are asking right now is is really summed up in in John chapter 15, verses 1 to 8. Let me read this to you today. And Jesus is speaking again. He says, I am the vine, and, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. Are you telling me that even when my life is good, God's going to prune me to produce more? Yes, I am. Because he said it, not me. He says, you have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. So remain or abide in me and I will abide in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches, and those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. And such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you can ask anything you want, and it will be granted. And when you produce much fruit, fruit. You are my true disciples, and this brings great glory to my Father. The word is abide. If you want to go from root to fruit, you have to learn the art and the discipline of abiding. And abiding, as Jesus says here in this text, you are unable to bear fruit unless you remain in me him. He is the vine, and you are the branch. In this text, I see three quick things that I just want to share with us as to how do you abide then. Number one is that you got to stay connected to the source. The definition of the word abide or to remain in Jesus means this, to remain, to abide, not to depart, to continue, to be present. This is our relationship with Jesus Christ today. It means things like these. It means that you're going to have to start reading your Bible if you want to learn to abide. If you want to have roots, you're going to have to learn the Word of God because those seeds have to germinate and take root below. But if you don't want to take in the Word of God, you're not going to be able to establish those roots that He needs in you. It's going to come down to praying. It's going to talk about this relationship that I have with God as I'm doing to you and as you would do with somebody else. It's just communication talking. This is what's going on. Talks about probably having a Sabbath in your life. 
Where's your pause? Where's your 24-hour period pause in your week so that you could Sabbath and rely on him? It comes to Bible memorization. These are all root issues. Remember I mentioned moments ago about those roots. The roots, uh, the location of the root matters and so that its stretch and its reach can go even further. So it is with your relationship with Jesus. Proximity matters for your fruit today. That when you begin to go to those hidden places and begin to start practicing some of these abide moments, it's where your roots then begin to develop into the things that God wants to see in and through you. It is the fruit of the Spirit that wants to come to life because you've spent some time in the secret place, in the hidden place. And when we allow God's Word to sink deeply into our mind, into our memory, folks, there is no knowing the fruit that could happen inside of our lives. But you got to be connected to the source because if you're not connected to the source, it says you cannot bear fruit. I'm a good person, Sean. Yes, you are. But you cannot bear fruit if you are separated from Jesus, which means you have to stay connected to the vine. The second thing I see in this text quickly is identity. And I think there are a lot of us who are struggling today with identity. We've listened to voices of fear as our identity, voices of insecurity as our identity. All of these different types of identifications try to creep in, but I feel that when I read this text, I see that when you are connected to Jesus as the source, he's going to let you know your identity. He's going to let you know who you belong to, that the battle is the Lord's, that nothing is impossible with God, that greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Identity matters with Jesus. And in fact, in this text, he says, you will know them by their fruit, and then you will know that they are my true disciples. When you abide, you become a true, not a false, disciple of Jesus. Are you going to struggle with this, with Jesus, that hidden place, that secret, that quiet time? Yes, I do too. But in that secret place is where Jesus begins to allow those roots to fruit to begin to take place in your life. And then the very last thing that I see in this text is that Jesus, if you have bad fruit in your life, he's going to cut you off. Or if you have really good fruit, he's going to even cut you off. It's a win-win situation, right? Pruning is the word. So you've heard me whine about my yard in the last couple of weeks and those birds. I'm telling you, the whole bird nation is in my backyard right now and it's driving me nuts. I'm still going out and yelling at those birds too <laughs> to try to get them to go. But um, there are other aspects of my yard that I like to work on, my trees, the plants that are around. And I want them to be healthy. So when I see something that's not happening that is healthy and I can notice it, guess what I do? I take my shears and I go over and I just, nice little snip, cut it off because I know that it's going to grow back even stronger and greater, which is a good thing, right? Maybe you've used a tool like this before. Maybe you haven't, but they're fun. They cut guitar strings. Just kidding. I won't do that. But that's the easy one sometimes, the little snip, right? But then God decides to take out the bad boys <laughs> because he knows that there's something that is going on in you that he doesn't like or there's something that he loves what he sees in you. And he's like, I'm going to cut that too because when I prune you, I'm going to be able to see more fruit come from you. 
And this pruning thing is something we have to be ready to accept in our lives. This is what God wants to do in order to produce a fruit within you. But the only way you get pruned is when you abide with Jesus so that he can work on the things of your life. If you were to look at my my yard right now, my lawn is atrocious because I've dug it up and I've planted new soil, tried to put some seeds down. I've cut up my my trees and my shrubs, they don't look as fruitful and as beautiful as they are. And many of us stop right there with the ugly. But I'm here to tell you today that the ugly is where God begins to do his best work. When he begins to chisel away, when he begins to uproot things, and he goes to your root system, when he takes the good fruit that's already there and he prunes it, you know what he's setting you up for? Not winter, he's setting you up for spring. And he's going to create something beautiful in you and in your life. Just like next spring, my lawn is going to look perfect and we can have a lot of barbecues. This is what Jesus is wanting to do in you. So my SOS today was make your roots downward so that you could produce fruit upward. The SOS indicates that there is a crisis or a need There's a call, and Jesus is looking for your fruitfulness today. He wants to remind you that he needs you. So what you say, what you do, it actually matters to him because the world is watching, the world is waiting, and they're just looking for authentic. They're looking for someone to be real. Yeah, take your mistakes. Let him him prune that. Let him take your good. Let Let him prune that so that he can produce in you the men and the women that he wants you to be. This last verse out of Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1 and 2. Let it be an encouragement as you head into your Thanksgiving Sunday. But it says that out of the stump, let's stop there just for a second. Before a stump is, what's in front of it? A majestic tree. For some reason, there's a stump in our picture, which means something was beautiful, but it was cut down. That stump comes from David's family, and it will grow a shoot, it says. He says, yes, a new Somebody say it, branch, capital B, meaning Jesus. See, there's a new branch that came out of a stump, and his name was Jesus. In a family tree in a line that was desolate, was broken and hurt, was cut down, felt that God had abandoned them. It says that there's going to be a branch that will shoot out of this stump. And I love this visual, bearing fruit from the old root. The spirit of the Lord will rest on Jesus and the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might on Jesus, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord all on Jesus. And guess what? When you are connected to the vine, you are a part of this family tree. That you are not a stump anymore, folks. You are a branch and a fruitful one at that, that Jesus wants to do something powerful in. So SOS, folks seeds on soil. It is time for us to throw the seed, to analyze our soil, so that the results would be the fruit of the Spirit, all coming from an abiding in the Word of God. May you move from root to fruit. Will you pray with me today? Father, thank you for your Spirit. Many times I get this thing wrong, this life but I want to be, be that branch that grows fruit. 
And I pray for my friends today, our church family, that you will help us to be people in this world who analyze our roots in order to grow the fruit. Jesus, prune the things in my life that will allow that impact to be made in this world. This matters to you. You believe in me. You believe in us. And so help us this week to do exactly that, to bear fruit, fruit that will last. And because of it, we will be identified as the true disciples. So I give you thanks on this Thanksgiving Sunday for everything that you have done, that you're not done with us. Help us to respond to the SOS today is what I pray. And I ask this in Jesus' name and everybody said, amen. If you perhaps are here today for the first time, whether online or in the house, and you've never had this relationship with Jesus, maybe it's time for you to start your own journey from root to fruit. We'd love to be able to take you on that journey, to tell you, talk to you about it. All you need to do is text the word LIFE to 250-478-7113, and it would be a privilege of ours to walk in that with you. We hope that um, if you have a, a desire to continue a conversation around the subject we've talked about today, that on Wednesday night you can come and join us on Continue the Conversation. Get involved there. I hope today that you eat, or tomorrow you eat a lot of turkey and a lot of gravy because gravy is from God and uh, that you would enjoy this Thanksgiving. Be grateful. Tomorrow, get to the turkey bowl. Come run all of that gravy off. It'll be better for you in the long run. And sign up for First Steps. If you are, again, new to our church, new to faith, or you just want to get back in the game and get involved, sign up for First Steps. Church, have a great week. Happy Thanksgiving to you.